Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Today I'm joined by Mike Hatch. Mike's been a long time, part of Orchard Hill, been on staff for five years. A little over uh, five uh, years, yep. Uh, working with our adult mm-hmm. ministry team, uh, serves mm-hmm. as a pastor of one of our life stages, and uh, also gives a lot of leadership to uh, aspects of our men's ministry, and has uh, just been a great addition to our team here. And today we're going to talk about several issues. Uh, I just want to say again, thank you for all the questions that you've sent in. Uh, So many of you have sent things and we will try to get to your questions in future episodes. If we haven't gotten to it yet, just hang on. We will get there at some point. And and if you have questions, send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we'll get to that. So Mike, uh, we're going to jump right in with a a question here that, Mm -hmm. um, that is... Probably not a question that everyone expects us to deal with, but we want to be authentic and deal with questions that people really have. Uh, So this uh, question says, what is the church's or the Bible's view of masturbation? So, uh, so Mike, uh, this is your question to to answer. Great. Thank you, Kurt. Um, This is, hey, this is a question that, you know, we deal with a lot, especially in men's ministry. It's, It's a question that a lot of men I know have for sure. Um, so yeah, it's relevant and I'm glad that we're, we're talking about it. And, uh, um, and, and I think there's a lot to be said about it. Um, specifically the Bible doesn't say anything, uh, specific about the act of masturbation, if you will, and, uh, saying whether it's right or wrong. There's one reference I know in Genesis, uh, 38, uh, where it talks about, uh, Tamar and, and she, Onan, who, uh, who uh, uh, was asked to marry Tamar and have kids with her, and, uh, and he disobeyed God in doing that, basically. And it says that he, he spilled his seed, if you will, or his mm-hmm. semen, uh, and because he knew that uh, he, wouldn't, he didn't want to procreate, basically, is what it amounted to. And so he spilled his semen, um, and many people will point to that as being, uh, hey, masturbation mm-hmm. is wrong, but in actuality, What's being said there is disobedience to God and what God's calling you to do uh, is really wrong. Um, okay. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. what, if I'm hearing you correctly, some people use the Genesis 38 passage to say anytime you quote unquote spill your seed, uh, that's wrong. You shouldn't do it. Uh, but actually the text was about his not fulfilling his duty uh, to his uh, exactly. obligation there and trying to avoid a child. So, so exactly. what I'm hearing you say is you're pro-masturbation. Um, <laughs> um, is that no? Okay, so, no, so here, not okay, necessarily. So, okay, so, so so follow that up. Right. All right. So I think we need to also take a step back and mm-hmm. just uh, take some in perspective uh, from our culture as well, because right now in our culture, I would say that uh, as we as we look at it, that um, sexual promiscuity or or um, uh, expressing yourself freely sexually, mm-hmm. which often involves self-gratification sexually is um, applauded and celebrated, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, The opposite side of that is, and this is very interesting, but uh, staving off or um, any kind of uh, uh, putting off of that and and self-denial of that, of of gratification, uh, especially sexually, is often looked at as self-hate, actually, Mm -hmm. And so we have these interesting cultural pressures that are influencing this whole question as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a Christian perspective, we're called by God, um, especially as men, uh, in, in our relationship with our wives, to love them 
and and I know there are multiple contexts here too. By the way, there's mm -hmm. there's our our within a marriage context, but then you also have the the single guy out there yep. about him and masturbation, right? Within the context of a marriage, we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church, which has a lot to do, obviously, if you look at how Christ loved the church, he, self, he sacrificed himself for the church. And so there's an element uh, in, in our marriages where I think God calls us to be self-sacrificial uh, and, uh, and to, um, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean all the time that, uh, you know, in certain contexts that masturbation uh, might occur, um, but our wives should be our primary uh, uh, mode of, of expression, and, and, and sexuality should be expressed within relationship with them, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, versus in isolation. So when we gratify ourselves sexually aside from or apart from or in isolation from our wife and our marriage, um, usually, always, it has something to do with uh, fantasy. It has something to do with um, you have to bring in images as, as a guy into your mind in order to, uh, to gratify yourself in, in that way. And often that leads to um, being separate from your wife and that activity being separate from her, which mm -hmm. is then out, kind of outside the bounds of, of that relationship, what God calls us to in our marriage. The other thing that it opens the door to, of course, is pornography and all sorts of other ways temptation um, can, can seep in and pull us to be more obsessive about mm -hmm. uh, self-gratification. And I think that is a big kind of crossing a line point there where we, when you are obsessed uh, and, and it becomes, um, uh, self-gratifying yourself becomes all you think about, uh, if, if you will, um, you've really crossed a, a big line there and, and, mm -hmm. and, and now you are, uh, you are all about yourself and gratifying yourself versus uh, gratifying your wife and, and being in relationship with her sexually, which is how you were created to be. So I don't know if that yeah, is so, part of so, it. So let, mm -hmm. me, let me see if I've kind of captured what you've said. Mm -hmm. um, so the physical act of masturbating, uh, as you've described it, is not necessarily in and of itself sinful, but as soon as you attach lustful thoughts that aren't about your spouse, you have crossed into sin. I think that seems mm -hmm. pretty clear. I think anybody yep. who, who's read the New Testament would say Jesus was very clear in saying, if you look at a woman and lust after her, that's sinful. So, so, Correct. So, so a clear hard line there. Um, but, but it sounds like, like you're a little more um, allowable for somebody to say, well, there may be some instances where, 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 mm -hmm. where it isn't necessarily sinful as long as your thoughts are right, but you need to be really careful not to start to do it in isolation of or in place of a relationship with your actual wife. Yes. And for you single guys, tough luck. Is that, <laughs> is, is that kind of what I'm hearing? No, it, it, here's the thing. Uh -oh. there's, there's a physical piece to this that's, uh -huh. that's real. As men, um, physiologically, biologically, there is a buildup inside of us yeah. of, of a creation of semen and, and seed, if you will, of sperm to, uh, to be released, which is why typically, um, I know when I counsel uh, couples, for example, who are getting married, I would say um, there should be at least probably a once or twice a week regimen, or regimen, that sounds <laughs> strict, <laughs> that's what I mean, but uh, rhythm, 
of, okay. of, uh, of, of being sexually uh, engaged with, with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, because, You're talking about once they're married, not on right, the exactly. Up to. Okay. Right, exactly. Right, J- J- exactly. Once they're sure married. We're, we're yes. clear on that. Okay. <laughs> yes, once they're married. Because typically, about every t- 72 hours, mm-hmm. um, men experience this kind of, this, this I, don't, I almost want to call it a pressure inside huh. of us, if you will. Um, is, that, is that a biological data? I didn't know that. That there, every 72 hours? About every 72 hours, there's a buildup of semen and sperm, really? right? That, which is why often if, if, um, if you have... And so here, here goes so, so, so what is that, every three days? About every three days. That's exactly right. So you're saying that... No, okay. I, won't, okay. I, won't, I, won't, I won't play this forward. <laughs> right, right. All right, you go ahead. Yeah. So, um, for, so as guys who have... Um, so for example, this is a big part of my story, by the way, because mm-hmm. I've been addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm and have struggled with that uh, for the majority of my life. And so um, I've had to look very seriously at this and, uh, and work through a lot of these issues with my wife as well. Um, but uh, when, like, for example, when there are times when there is no masturbation or release, mm-hmm. your body will naturally begin to release mm-hmm. through nocturnal emission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as guys, it's, you know, we know it as the wet dream. Mm-hmm. Um, where your body will naturally dispense of, mm-hmm. of the semen that's created uh, on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, so there's something there that, that it, there is a buildup and there is a release, whether you like it or not, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, we need to take that into consideration, this whole, this yeah. whole picture. Yeah, the, uh, the, the couple things that strike me just as, as we're talking about this is that um, I think there are ways to do damage to your own sexuality through indulging in self-stimulation yep um one and and we just talked about this is clearly lost pornography and if you're a man or a woman uh, a lot of times we think this is just a male issue this is not just a man issue um to to say i'm not going to indulge fantasy and i'm not going to look at pornography um is not just a standard God has because he doesn't want you to enjoy something. It's actually for your good. And there are a lot right. of people who come out the other side of those things and end up in a place where, where, where it's hard to find um, stimulation in an actual person or, um, or romance or love in the way that, that they want to. So, so, so that's one thing. But I think what you said, Mike, is really significant, and that is um, to, to understand that that if you are substituting the pursuit of intimacy with your spouse by taking the easy way, which is self-stimulation, mm-hmm. that you're actually doing damage to the relationship. Definitely. And, and, and so even if, even if everything were kept in some kind of a bounds, mm-hmm. if, if you have substituted the pursuit of right. what would otherwise be your natural rhythm of pursuit, mm-hmm. you have now come into a, a place where you're doing damage to that marriage. And, and I think that's what people often don't get. But, right. but so, so let, me, let me just put the question this way. If some mm-hmm. man were to come to you, and we'll just say man for, for the sake of this exercise, and say, you know what, um, I find that my wife and I don't have the same rhythm. I'm every 72 hours, she's every mm-hmm. 72 days, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so sometimes to stimulate myself in between means that I don't hassle her as much. I just think about her. I don't think about anybody else. Your, your take, if I just heard you, would be to say, well, if you got to do what you got to do, is that, is that what I'm hearing? Or what would be your counsel in that, so, in that situation? So, so in other words, he's mm-hmm. saying, 
I don't want to upset it. I don't want to overdo it. I'm thinking about her, right. but I'm realizing that if I don't have some release, it, you know, maybe that's not great. So on. So, so, so what's your counsel on that? Right. So first of all, I think it, there's a, in a sense, a multi or two prong approach here is where it, I would want to encourage that guy to be pursuing his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, and cause that is a great opportunity for uh, a development of intimacy as, as you bring something like that that's very mm-hmm. sensitive to guys. I mean, guys, this is something that, that it can be hard for us to bring to our wives and say, mm-hmm. I need this sexually. And, and it's mm-hmm. a, very, a very, very vulnerable place, yeah. you know? And so, but to enter into that conversation with your wife and, and express that that's a concern for you in terms of your sexual life, um, I think can open the door to even greater intimacy with her. So I would mm-hmm. hope that, they, that the guy would be uh, in communication with her about it. Um, in the meantime, I think, I think it's, it's, yes, I don't think it'd be wrong for a guy, if he's thinking about his wife, to mm-hmm. look for that release in between uh, okay. those times. But it cannot substitute his pursuing her. Right. Uh, and Because and, here's the thing often too is, and again, I'm speaking from experience myself, when I went to lust and pornography and, and would act out in that way, um, I was looking to fill something inside of me too. It's, it, there's a physical component, but there's also the spiritual component that I'm trying to fill yeah. a, a, a missing piece in, in me. Yep. And a lack of intimacy where I didn't understand how to express that intimacy. Yeah. And so the pornography or, or looking or thinking about other women was that it was a cheap intimacy. It was yeah. a counterfeit is what yeah, it was. That's right. Um, and so, but the more you feed into that, well, it becomes a substitute for not feeling wanted by an actual woman is saying I'm wanted by an imaginary woman. Mm -hmm. And, and it becomes a substitute for pursuing an actual woman and an actual relationship. So, so I would, I, my word of caution Mm -hmm. there would be to say, pursue intimacy, um, consistently because Yep. What, where I think the real damage of this is, is, is it's, it's just a lot easier to take mm-hmm. care of it yourself than it is to, to spend all day courting and leading uh, to something, you, you know, all week, whatever it is. And then it becomes, well, that's just easier. I don't need to, to do this. And then your marriage is not having the same foundation. Definitely. Okay. Any last yep. thoughts on this question? I, and I realize, you know, it could be, you know, folks who are Christian, maybe not Christian, um, who might be watching this. And, 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 uh, and so from a Christian perspective, you know, we're called to be like Christ. And I'm, I'm uh, looking up here, Philippians 2, for example, who, um, where Paul says, uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mind, mind as, mindset as Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus was, he took on the nature of a servant. Um, he didn't consider, uh, or a slave actually is, is a, a mm-hmm. better rendering of that, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of, of a slave. Um, I think <laughs> today, that's not the message of our culture. The message mm-hmm. of our culture is take what's yours, you deserve it, uh, you know, you need to fulfill yourself. Um, do it. The message of the gospel, if the gospel has really touched your heart and you've come to a realization of God's grace in your life, uh, that it has actually changed you and you're grateful for what God's done to you, um, you can't help but, but desire to, to serve uh, others, especially your wife or your spouse mm-hmm. as well, and to pursue her in that way, to, uh, to sacrifice for her. Um, 
as opposed to being so self-focused on yourself um, and trying to fulfill something inside of you apart from your wife, like you said, just leads to destruction in, right. in the marriage. Well, what's, what's striking, and you just alluded to this, is in our mm-hmm. culture, you know, somebody who doesn't have faith watches this, listens to this, yep. they'll be like, you guys are a bunch of prudes. You yeah. know, no harm, no foul, doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, for you to That's think right. a few thoughts and self-stimulate, uh, do what you got to do is kind mm-hmm. of the thinking. But, but what that misses, and I think, is, is that God didn't design us in a vacuum, and he's the That's creator. Right. And so when he gives us, gives us some principles, guidelines, standards, rules, whatever you want to call that, it's actually for our good because he That's understands right. how, how we function, That's how right. we function best. And, and what we want to do as, our, as ourselves is we want to say, well, I get it. I understand it. I don't need any higher authority rather than sometimes saying, I'll bend my knee to, um, yeah. to kind of where, where God yeah. is in this. Yep. Um, so, yeah. so good. Well, thank you, Mike. That's mm-hmm. um, a hard subject, but I appreciate you <laughs> addressing that. Uh, here's, here's a second one. If you or I know that I can be forgiven for doing something sinful, mm-hmm. uh, why should I not go ahead and sin and get forgiven later? And in a sense, this, this addresses... Um, kind of what we just talked about. Uh, Somebody says, well, I know I might be crossing into a sin barrier, but if I'm going to be forgiven, why don't I just go ahead and do it, and then later I'll ask for forgiveness and all will be be good. How how do you deal with that? That's great. And you know what? Again, (laughs) we're not in a vacuum. Culturally, we're very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you see that influencing this question. I think it, it it comes from some, actually some false assumptions maybe in looking at, at the gospel wrong, I think. Um, because if, if, again, if, if you've come to a realization of, man, I can say, I can't believe all the things that God has, I know myself, I know the depths of my own depravity. I realize that the sin and, and the ways that I have caused destruction in my family and in, with friends and in the community through, the, through my sin, I, I, it's very clear to me. And yet the gospel says God paid for that. He, 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 um, he fulfilled the law for me. Now, if I am, you know, up in front of, you know, in a court of law of something, and, I'm, and I've got, you know, the judge banging the de- gavel saying you're guilty and here's, your, here's your, uh, uh, your sentence, if you will, and someone else were to step in and say, I've got this actually, I'm going to take his sentence for him. What's my reaction to that? I'm in the moment, I'm, someone's a, I'm about to be uh, judged or condemned for, for rightfully so, right, righteous, I, I should be condemned for my sin. Um, what should my response be? My response should be overwhelming gratitude um, and, and, a, and a change in my heart attitude as a result of that. So speaking personally, knowing how God's grace has changed me, who am I then to hold a grudge against anybody else? When I know the depths of, of what I've been forgiven of uh, in Christ, uh, who am I to, to treat others differently, you know, or, or uh, uh, with, with inequality, if you will, or however you want to call it, treat others um, any differently the way, than the way I've been treated in unconditional love from God? And so um, I think the question's a good question, but I think it starts from a false premise of, of pragmatism, where we say, okay, how does this operate? Let's put the pieces together and see, because often we want to see what we can get away with. Again, that's our sinful nature too sometimes. Um, but I would say, no, I think if you're genuinely impacted by the gospel, 
then it's going to change your attitude and that's not going to be your attitude. It's not going to be, okay, well, I can just sin and get away with it because I know I'm forgiven. It's going to be, how can I live for God now and, and express the, the, the appropriation of that grace in my life through changing my life on top of the fact that we've got God, Philippians 2.13, who's working in us uh, mm-hmm. to help us to, to live uh, a more mm-hmm. godly life. Um, I, yeah, I think it starts from false premise and, and it, when you begin to, uh, to appropriate God's love, love in your life, you're going to start living differently and you're not going to be looking for the loopholes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be looking instead for the ways to please this amazing, beautiful, right. gracious God. Well, I think what you're saying is you really have to come to a point where you're convinced over and over again that God is for you, that he loves you, that, mm-hmm. that anything that he's asked of you is not his way of punishing you or holding you back, but it's his way of giving you the, the good life. One of the ways Definitely. I've described this is, you know, when you have young kids, you teach them they can't play in the street. And you teach them that not because you have to be in control or you have any agenda other than to keep them safe. Yeah. But as a kid, sometimes you think, well, you don't want me to play in the street because you don't want me to have fun. And, right. and it's only as kids come to say, my mom, my dad, they're actually for me that they start to say, okay, these, they, these rules are good. Now, the problem is as a parent, sometimes you probably throw rules down that aren't good. All yeah, God's sure. standards are good. The, the other thing that, that I think is significant in this is, is although we can be forgiven for sin, forgiveness does not always erase consequences. Definitely. And, yep. and so um, <clears throat> to, to say, I'll go ahead and do this because I can get forgiven later, doesn't mean that you won't end up with some consequence in your life because like, like God will forgive, but that doesn't mean that you still won't have the result of the choice you made. Right. And, um, and, and so I think, you know, and sometimes you can see this more clearly in extreme examples. So mm-hmm. if I were to say something like, you, you know, if somebody said, well, I, I hate that person. Well, it's okay. It's sinful to hate. Well, hating doesn't feel that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just hate a little bit and God will forgive me. Mm-hmm. But Jesus also says, if you hate, it's the same as having basically killed the person. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, intuitively without any uh, other thoughts that if you kill somebody, there will be a consequence Mm-hmm. Um, and even if God forgives you, if you're caught by the court of law, you're still going to prison. So it's still a good idea not to kill, even though you can be forgiven. The problem is we, we, we see categorization. We go, oh, there's, there's big stuff like killing and small stuff like hate, yeah. not realizing that hate poisons our soul and that God is, is just as intent mm-hmm. on that because he understands right. that although we won't pay a civil penalty for hating, right. we'll still pay a spiritual penalty, even if we're forgiven. That's right. We, that, I, and is, I, I'm forgetting the reference now. Maybe it's Romans where it said that God cannot be mocked, that we, mm-hmm. that we reap what we sow. Yeah. Galatians so, 6, 6, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. Go. Yeah. So we reap what we sow. We, we sow seeds, mm-hmm. um, if you will, that take root and bear fruit in our life. life. Hopefully it's fruit, the fruit of the Spirit yeah. and not fruit of destruction. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, th- I'm just grateful that we have God who's through his Holy Spirit working in us, yeah. um, changing our will also to, to, to learn to please him, yeah. um, that we're not left on, it on, on our own either, you know? But, um, but yeah, we, we sow these seeds and we see, we, we reap destruction mm-hmm. and consequences, real consequences in our lives. Yeah, so. super. Well, thank you. We're going to need to leave it here. If you have any mm-hmm. questions, send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to address them in the days ahead. Thank you, Mike. 
Mm -hmm. Thanks. Good to be here.